everybody, and welcome to a special uh, live draft episode of From Complex to Queens, Amazing Every Mile League podcast. I am Steve Saipa, and I'm joined by Lucas, Ken, and Thomas, and the Mets just drafted, and I'm mildly surprised and mildly okay with everything. Yes. Yes. All right, so... Not to bury the lead or anything like that, but let's just jump right into it and start with pick number one, the Detroit Tigers, and they went with Spencer Torkelson. Third um, baseman. Third noted, baseman, Spencer noted Torkelson. Third ba- noted third baseman. <laughs> uh, There's no surprise that he's going to go number one, obviously, but it was a little surprising that he was drafted as a third baseman, mm-hmm. which is something he doesn't do. I mean, you this think is that's the organist- because... Um, like, they didn't want him to be the only, like, right, right first baseman ever chosen with the first overall pick. <laughs> uh, according to Harold Reynolds, who was on MLB Network doing all of the live draft stuff, it was probably because Miguel Cabrera heard they were going to draft Torkelson as a first baseman, and he told them no. What? So, yeah, that's what, what he said that's, on the, on the that broadcast. Is legit what? what? <laughs> I'm going to go out on a limb here. And say that Harold Reynolds, one of the single worst broadcasters in baseball, who routinely just spouts nonsense, is spouting some nonsense there. <laughs> I think there's a good chance that that was some malarkey. Uh-huh. <laughs> but was it baloney? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, it Maybe doesn't a malarkey reach sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> this is the organization that played Prince Fielder at first and Miguel Cabrera at third, and... Was Johnny Peralta still their shortstop at that point, or was he gone already? Point is, defense not that important to the Tigers. So, uh, Orioles went next. They picked Heston Kerstad. A little surprising, a little bit higher than most people thought he would go, but he is a legit, you know, top-half prospect, so nothing really that crazy. Nope. Marlins went next, and they picked Max Meyer. Same thing. A little surprising because he was picked a little higher than most people thought he would be, but he's a top tier guy, so you know, top guys go at the top. This wasn't a draft like uh like some years there's like a definite top three or top five tier, and I don't think this was that was really the case this year. I think it was kind of Torgelson's gonna go first and then uh. Yeah, I mean the next the next basically mm, 10 picks or so, most of my notes just are basically fine, yeah. fine, fine. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, Kansas City with their fourth pick, they picked Asa Lacey. Um, got, a good, got a good steal there. Yeah, I actually like that pick a lot. Mm-hmm. For Even if though it's at four, I feel like that could have definitely been a top three guy. Kansas City, definitely a good place for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the fifth pick, Toronto picked Austin Martin, and this is where I get into the string of, you know, fine pick, uh, six. Same thing with Seattle. I didn't actually write down who they took. Whoops. But I did uh, they write. They took Emerson Hancock. A oh, yes. from Georgia. That's a good guy to take. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pittsburgh, Nick Gonzalez at number seven. San Diego, Robert Hassel at eight. Colorado, Zach Veen at nine. He'll I was be a little fun. surprised Veen went after Hassel. Uh, again, it, it's so a lot of these guys are so interchangeable. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's really who you like specifically. Yeah. It's true, I guess. Um, the Angels, with their 10th pick, they went with Reed Detmer. Uh, White Sox, with the 11th pick, went with Garrett Crochet. Cincinnati, with the 12th pick, went with Austin Hendrick. San Francisco, with the 13th pick, went with Patrick Bailey. Texas, with the 14th pick, went with Justin, Justin Foscue. A little bit of a reach, I was thinking, but it's not yeah. that big of a deal. Um, I mean, at this point now, we're starting to get into that big pool of back half guys that are impressive players, but, you know, they're starting to have flaws and red flags. So, um, 15, the Phillies went with Mick Abel. I thought it was a good pick for them. Yeah, yeah that's a good spot. That uh, might be the biggest quote-unquote steal at this point, I think. Yeah, I think so. With the since 16th pick, the Cubs selected Ed Howard. Um, with the I was audibly pick. angry. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was hoping he would float. And and there were some commentators out there in, in the world who attached kind of silly connotations to his selection. Who shall remain nameless. Uh-huh. Also, because I just don't actually know who it was. <laughs> <laughs> but that too. But that person knows who they are, so. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they're listening. Uh-huh, definitely. <laughs> Our one listener is that person. Is that person. For, the, for those of you who, can't, who don't have any idea what we're talking about, he has a derisive name that's also a bit of anatomy. There you go. Uh, with the 17th pick, Boston, they selected Nick York. Now, this was a huge reach and a pretty big surprise. <laughs> Because he was on nobody's draft board in the first round, or probably in the second round, or possibly even the no. third, fourth rounds. No. No. This happened in my, one of my Overwatch games. I would be in match chat yelling, why the hell is this person throwing my games? <laughs> throwing! They're yeah. throwing! Yeah, that's a quite a reach there, considering where most people... Had him in like I think the the one number that I saw I can't remember who tweeted it but someone had him as like a they're like 158th prospect on the board and like we're here at 17 and we're talking about him so and there's pipeline had him at 139 Mm. yeah a high school second baseman I think that's like the fifth ever to be taken. There there are no, you do not draft high school second baseman in the first round. I didn't even know there were high school second baseman. Yeah, I'm going to try to find the, uh... Unless he's playing on, like, the greatest infield ever team, and he's just playing second base because he just has to be somewhere, and every other position is full of guys that are better than him, not, uh, not great. Steve, show me to this mythical baseball land. (laughs) I don't know. Like if he's on a high school team with with freaking Ed Howard or something, then then you can maybe pass it off as okay. But he's not. Can confirm he is not. <laughs> I just looked it up, folks. Not on the same high school baseball team. Um. So then, with the what do we have to here? With the 18th pick now, the Arizona Diamondbacks selected Bryce Jarvis. A little bit of a reach, I think, again, but. Not as big of a reach as Boston's selection. Yeah, that's not outlandish. We'll call that acceptable cost savings. Yeah. That's fair, yes. That's not outlandish. 
for that. I mean, MLB had him. It's not surprising. Yeah, it's within the fudge factor. Fangraphs had him twenty third, and and this was always going to be a weird draft anyway. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's a little more variability. So finally, the Mets came to the podium, and with their pick, the nineteenth selection overall, they went with someone who our one listener. Should be familiar with because we've been <laughs> we've been talking about him since February, so that's probably longer than most other you know Mets sites out there have been. Pete Crow Armstrong, he was uh, Thomas's pick back in February when we did our super duper early draft extravaganza. This is the second year that's happened. It is last year. Lucas wanted Brett Beatty, and lo and behold, the Mets drafted Nailed Brett it. Beatty. <laughs> and for, Our lottery numbers are 5, 24, 36, and 48. You're welcome. Second year ever from Complex to Queens nails it. So which one do you guys this next year? system that uses four numbers? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, Ken, either me or you next year, we got this, so. <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, let's talk about Pete I'm sure. Thomas, you're the guy, so go right ahead. Um, so I obviously have said how much I've liked him before, because I think in a draft where we have such little information, considering what's been, what's happening in the world and how I mean, he's played like a week of games this year, and even the college guys have also played that little. I think he has a very, not a very high floor, but he has a floor for a first-round guy that gives the Mets a little bit of safety. Like, he's going to get somewhere in the organization with his defense and with his speed, and if the hit tool comes along, then there's a legitimate player there. And I think taking someone at 19 in a draft where we barely know anything about these dudes is, I think that's good value for the spot where, there's a better chance that I don't want to say a better chance because that's bold, but there's a there's a real chance that the Mets actually get something out of their first round pick in a draft where, like I said a few times, the information is just so scarce. That's why I really zoned in on someone like that because the tools that he has already are pretty much unless he gets hurt, knock on wood, knock on all the wood, like <laughs> like the defense isn't just going to go away. Like he's not going to forget how to play center field or forget how to be athletic unless he like gains a bunch of bad muscle or something, you know. So that's really how I was viewing it since February, and it I guess the Mets viewed it the same way. So, And also, yeah. I think you could connect back to our discussion about guys adding power with, with swing adjustments these days, so maybe maybe the yeah. Mets can't make that swing, uh, tweak his swing. Now, from what I was reading, he tweaked, he tried to tweak his swing last summer, and it was kind of a disaster, so... Interesting. Yeah. And then, and then he was better. He bounced back a little bit with Team USA, and then we obviously had no 2020 season. So like, yeah, it's hard to know like what he looked. He would have looked like this year. Maybe he would have been a top five pick. Maybe he would have fallen out of the first round completely. You know. Yeah. And yeah. it's it's so it's hard to really zone in. But I don't know. I I like I like defense. The Mets do not have defense historic like in this in their recent history, and I think that. Drafting guys who can, who have a legitimate defensive background is nice, especially if they could build on it. Agreed. Um, in this extremely abbreviated season, I, I wish 
I, I thought to look up what his numbers were before we started recording. I remember it was like he went three for eight with a grand slam and a yeah, double. Yeah, it, it was something crazy. <laughs> yeah. If these if these trends continue, <laughs> greatest player ever. There's probably like some Joe Schmo high school guy who had the two greatest games of his life, hit like five homers to, in two games to start the season, and the season gets canceled. He's like, I am the greatest high school baseball player <laughs> of all time. And Set then, a school record with a 1-1-4. One, one, yeah, yeah, line. exactly. <laughs> and you know that story when he tells like his grandkids are going to be like, yeah, it was a 40-game season that year, kids. Uh-huh. Don't look don't look up 2020. Uh-huh. Whatever you do. <laughs> <laughs> going to be 35 and telling the it's yeah. like the it's like the high school football dude meme but with an abbreviated baseball season. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, tools-wise there's a lot to like about PCA. Um he's a hit overpower guy, but you know, six one, one eighty pounds. He could put on, like you were saying, he could put on some weight, add some power. So I'm not doing that... PCA officially, right? Because of course, yes. okay, good, good. Just way too long to say the full name. Yeah, no. Um, you know, he could add power. I don't know how much power he might add, but I don't think that he's going to be a below average power guy. Just if he fills in a little bit. Mm. Um, and center field, you know, the the barrier for entry is not very high in terms of. The power department. Yeah. He doesn't um, have to beat Pete Alonso to be a valuable player. Yeah. It's really the defense. You know, he is a plus runner. He's a pretty good center fielder as it is. And that's something that a lot of times guys have to learn. Um, but at 18, he is already tracking the ball well. He already has good timing in the field. He's, you know, athletic and is very rangy. So it, it's good that he doesn't need to learn the outfield and, and the kind of tools of the trade of his center fielder at the same time as he's, you know, learning how to hit professional pitching. And that, that bodes well, I guess, for his future. Yeah. Um, MLB gave him a Grady Sizemore comp. That's pretty good comp when well, he's healthy anyway. I, I loved Grady Sizemore. So I guess this is why I zoned in on him subconsciously. <laughs> <laughs> Grady Sizemore has to be one of the most depressing injury cases yeah, I know. ever. Yeah. Um, now, the one drawback, I guess, that Pete Armstrong PCA has is that he is a Vanderbilt commit. And as we know, even during a regular year, uh, buying someone out of a Vandy commit can be difficult. And obviously, we don't know the financial terms or anything like that, but he's the kind of guy that's going to have a full ride, you know, yeah. or, or at least a substantial amount. It's not like he's one of those guys that are kind of fringe players and they get either no or very little scholarship money. He's a guy that's going to be going there for free or very little. So that is a, a tough – that's going to be a tough sign. Yeah, he's he, going to be – He's a get for, uh, for Vandy's program. Like, mm-hmm. he's gonna be expensive for sure. Yep. But but guys, he's a CAA client. It'll all work out. All right. Well, that's good then. <laughs> I mean, I I guess that makes it easier that he like that makes it more likely that he'll sign. I guess I don't know. That's not a that's not a good thing. I guess I don't. It's it's a weird thing. 
it's not it's, a it's very nuts. It's not a surprising thing. <laughs> Hashtag just Brody things. Yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> also, PCA is CAA. That's all. That PCAA is AACAA. <laughs> also, the Illuminati is real. Like. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Now, another development that took place after the Mets selected PCA is that with the 20th pick overall, the Milwaukee Brewers selected Garrett Mitchell. And Mitchell is a guy that a lot of people are projecting to be in the top 10. And he fell and continued falling and was on the board when the Mets could have, you know, was on the board, the Mets could have picked him. And it's, I like Pico Armstrong, but uh, Garrett Mitchell is a really, um, Exciting player, too. Lucas, what do you think? Uh, okay, Ken should also have a say here, because Mitchell was his guy, too. But all, all I'm going to point out... <laughs> well, no, you have some uh, this, isn't all, this isn't all I'm going to point out, because I'm just going to start yelling in a little bit. But from a <laughs> rational standpoint, right, Mitchell is a... Calling him five tools probably not fair, because he's probably not going to get to the both the power and the hit. But he's a four-tool center fielder who has demonstrated an ability to hit at a blue-chip college program in a blue-chip college division. Now, college stats aren't everything, but when we say if, when we say we have a four-tool center fielder, that means he can play defense, he can run, uh, he can hit, and he can throw. So he's going to be a good defender who can run and hit already, and he's... Wait, that sounds an awful lot like the guy they just drafted, but with better hit tool and... Closer to the majors and, and uh, actual diabetes. information. Yeah, wait, wait and a second. Diabetes, yes, <laughs> that is a fact. <laughs> Not so, trying to say it's admissible, just saying. <laughs> it's a thing and, that is true about him. I actually right. didn't know that until right now that he had diabetes. And it's like, it, I, I could, I could buy that that PCA will learn to hit. I don't think they're – I really struggled to see him learning to hit and hit with power. With Mitchell, I think there's a good chance – I'm pretty confident in his ability to hit, and I still think there's a better chance he gets to power. And he's closer Agreed. to the majors. I, I, I don't – if this is the profile you're drafting, I don't understand why you take the high schooler instead of the the, the college player with a track record. I don't get it. Because PCA is CAA. <laughs> <laughs> it, it would have been one thing if they took someone like Hendricks, where you could like say, okay, this is the we're swinging for upside because this dude might hit 50 bombs someday, right? And then I, I wouldn't agree with it, but I'd be like, all right, I understand where you're coming from. You've just taken the same profile at an early point in development, and I'm I'm frustrated by this. This yeah, vexes me. I would say that PCA is more of a defensive specialist right now over Mitchell, whereas Mitchell is much more of a offense-oriented player, but he's not a bad fielder either. And, yeah, he is kind of what a finished, polished version of PCA might look like in a couple of years. But I can't really can't really complain too much. Yeah. I don't want to say it's like a it's not a minor nitpick. I mean, it's a little bit more than that. But at the same time, it's not like I'm going to bed tonight angry and annoyed that the Mets did something that was not advisable. I mean, that's a pretty yeah. PCA is fine. Yeah, it's fine. There's potential for him to be a very good player. 
Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. can ask for. I I too would prefer they picked Garrett Mitchell um, for many of the same reasons. <laughs> I also really just have a bias towards college players and what a, a potentially very good one. I, I'm with you, you know, on that, Ken. Falls to you. Yeah. Like, don't screw it up. <laughs> there, there, there's a reason you and I were just like drooling over Andrew Vaughn literally yes. every ten <laughs> seconds last season. <laughs> Admittedly, it's hard not to with the numbers that he was putting oh up. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, Vaughn was very fun. When your batting average is like 500 or whatever it was. You can't really complain about that. I mean, the only reason that Vaughn wasn't the first righty, right, 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 first baseman to go 1 1 was because Adley Rushman was in the same draft. So. Mm-hmm. Yes, the perfect prospect. Literally the only reason. He's, I, I, I'm pretty confident he's better than Torkelson. Anyway, that, that's a totally, total other aside. But is Andrew Vaughn a third baseman? Uh, no. I mean, <laughs> he, he he could stand next to third base. Ah! Yeah, I mean, that's but the barrier of entry. Has Spencer Torkelson ever played third base? I think uh, maybe in high school. I believe he played <laughs> No, third he was base. definitely a high school shortstop. Okay. <laughs> I believe he played third and a little bit of left at various points. I don't know if it was in high school or in college, but... Neither one of them are a very good fit for him for obvious reasons. <laughs> it's just like, it's so funny to pick, take your first overall pick and be like, this is a third baseman. And just for no reason. <laughs> like, just say he's a first baseman, who cares? But Harold Reynolds says Miguel Cabrera is upset about it, you know? Right, so you don't make Miggy cross. This, this page has his stats, but not his position. That's not particularly useful here. Is it the baseball cube? No, I'm on maxpreps.com. Oh, um, they probably, it's very, maxpreps can be very iffy in terms of They have of like stats. fielding percentages, but what, if, what no, position? No, I can did... tell you he was 100% a high school shortstop. I'm sure he was. I mean, if Wilma Flores can be a shortstop, then so can he, you know. Alright, so on a scale of 1 to 10, how satisfied are you with um, the Mets' first round selection here? 5. Actually, I'll go four and a half because, like, I am frustrated they didn't take Mitchell, but not mm. outrageously so. Uh, on its face, seven. If they're confident they can sign him, I'll give him an eight. Why not? Mm. Yeah, I'm. I'm also at a seven. You guys are giving them more credit for making a. For selecting from a pool of, or from an easy pool of guys, I think. Like, there are several picks that would have all been fine here. I'm, I'm yeah. gonna say one thing we should definitely keep track of is how many guys we would have chosen over them. Who get yeah. picked. Yeah. I'm already at like three. Yep, same. <laughs> but yeah, he's fine. I also just made the unfortunate mistake. So the the Indians drafted Carson Tucker at 23, and of course his name is displayed last name first name. I just read that as Tucker oh. Carlson, and I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> He's sitting there reading, and he just rips his <laughs> rips his suit off. I, I did a double take. <laughs> <laughs> he needed a change of scenery from Fox News, oh, yeah. and the Cleveland Indians are a perfect. Uh, organization for him. 
Uh, no, but they did not select the, 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 it's Carson Tucker's uh, prep shortstop. <laughs> Thomas, how do you rate this first round? I mean, uh, I'm the I'm the one who've liked him, who's liked him for like months. So I'm gonna say an eight. I do want to say like if they did take Mitchell, I wouldn't be mad either. Like, like you guys are right that there's a lot of people that they could have taken. That not a lot, but a few, quite a few people that they could have taken that I would have been perfectly fine with, and I just like Pete because I liked his, I liked his safety, his relative safety in a draft where we don't really know a lot. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, the way that this this draft, the way that everything worked out, uh, there were a bunch of guys that I would have been oddly fine with the Mets taking. So, yeah, uh, like we were, I, you you said that before they picked, and when I looked at who was left, I was like, yeah, I totally agree. Yep. That like. Yeah. There's like four or five dudes. So I'm like, all right, cool. And this was just funny because I picked them personally. <laughs> so it was just more of me being like, oh, I nailed it from February. <laughs> but then it was like, hell yeah, PCA. You know what I mean? But I, I did like him. I picked him for a reason. I feel like this is something the Mets have done often in recent years. And it's also probably a bias thing just from the, the prep we do to prepare. You, you like already sub, you set yourself down to the names that are most likely going to be available in that slot. But it always feels like they're picking right at the top of a tier, right? It feels like maybe a pick or two before the the, the pool is probably just going to drop a little bit. Um, yeah. And I yeah. think that's exactly what happened here and why there was – what English were – why there were several guys we were – would have called fine at this spot. Yep, agreed. That's been the Mets' MO the last couple of years. Have they – Moderately successful or moderately unsuccessful season and get a draft pick smack, smack dab in the middle as a result, which is extremely frustrating. Mm-hmm. They're, they're never bad enough to get the, the, the game changers, but yep. they're like just bad enough where it's a little exciting. Yep. <laughs> and when they are, they trade them away for CA clients. So. Uh, I mean, we won't. I mean, if PCA signs, he won't get traded away for a exactly. Right? So both the prospect and the player will remain nameless. <laughs> All right. So, uh, yeah. Overall, I think a solid get for the Mets, and uh, we are not pulling our hair out. So that's obviously a good thing. With the Mets, it, that's all you can ask for. Mm-hmm. It could. It, it could have been way worse. The New York Mets. Yes. <laughs> New York Mets, everybody. I they feel like that's been the story of the last, like, half decade for the Mets. It could have been worse. Could have been better. It sometimes been was worse. worse. <laughs> it could always be worse, Ken. Oh, the the Mets called him a left-handed magician in center field in, in a Zoom call. So that's, cool. an inter- that's an interesting way to describe someone. I don't feel like you'd ever describe an outfielder as a magician. Yeah, that's a pitcher, right? Like or I an infielder. It... Like if you've got like a shortstop yeah. with really smooth yeah. hands or something. Like, like Ray Ardoniaz was a magician. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah, yeah. that's actually a move in the Japanese Koshian games. And the outfielder literally pulls a rabbit out of his hat and it distracts the runner on the base. And then the pitcher what? picks him off. What is this? <laughs> if you're not familiar with the Japanese Koshian games from the late 90s, they are pretty ridiculous. Go on YouTube and uh, watch some of them. I think you'll be mildly – I think you'll enjoy them. It sounds like a backyard baseball ability. It does, yeah. 
<laughs> just trust me. All the listeners out there, look up Koshien gameplay All right. on the PlayStation, I believe, or N64. Either way. All right. Wait, well, is that the game where you could change people's motions like crazy? Yes, very crazy. Okay, I know what you're talking about. Mm. <laughs> uh, well, if you have any questions, comments, whatever, you could send us an email at our email address from complexthequeens at gmail.com. You could follow us on Twitter. I'm at Steve Saipa. Lucas is at Elvlahost343. Ken is at KenLavin91. And Thomas is at SadMetSeasonSDN. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts from. Rate and review them. And obviously, thank you for listening. And we'll be back tomorrow with another special draft recap episode of From Complex to Queens. Until then, love the Mets. Love the Mets. <laughs> <laughs>